Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to volume seven of the Disney seven seventeen. Mm. Go back in time. Seventeen of the Disney Compendium. January twenty fifth, nineteen sixty one. One hundred and one Dalmatians. As usual, I'm your host JJ, and over there on the other end of the line is my good buddy Nick. Nick, how you doing? I'm I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm happy to be on the 101st edition of the show, <laughs> where we're covering um, Frozen Seven. I think. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, that's probably. Let's see. I'm trying to think. We got. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 50, confused. Again. Fifty. I think. Yeah, it's just just over fifty. Uh, animated movies, so add another 50 to that, sure. Frozen yeah, Frozen seems about right. Frozen, Frozen <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's tricky because um, you have to remember when looking up stuff for this movie to spell out 101. Yes. Because if you just type it 101, you get the 96 live-action movie. So... <laughs> Or when you're looking for photos or of this particular movie, references and stuff, you just get if you type 101, you just get real Dalmatians. <laughs> it turns out you'll also get like the animated series as well. Oh yeah, 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 TV series. That this is the era where you're gonna start seeing their franchises return in 40 years or something. Yeah, <laughs> pointless things. But, um, yeah, this movie, 1961, so... Um, you, you said it just cel- celebrated a birthday, right? January 25th. Yeah. So, uh, and it's funny, my uh, dad's birthday is the 29th of 1961, so they're they're basically the same age. <laughs> so, so you, of course, you made him watch it with you. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> It doesn't take much to get my dad to watch a Disney movie, so it's all right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, it's funny because, like, this movie is 80 minutes. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. But, yeah, yeah, it's a little under an hour and a half. Um, you, so it's not particularly short, especially for this era of cartoons. It's probably a little on the you know, longer side than some because it, they some of them barely break an hour. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but the plot moves at such a quick pace, <laughs> and yeah. it, it doesn't really have a ton of like like length stretching filler. It just sort of moves along. <laughs> I think the only part that I think where it drags is like when they're in hiding. Yeah. Yeah, where That's they're trying it, to, yeah, and it's they're trying to create some sort of suspense for, <laughs> you know, yeah. the extra minutes. But um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's 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 interesting. I it's been a, I was gonna say it's been a while since I've seen this, but it really hasn't been. Uh, but it feels like it has been because I'm I'm sitting down I'm like, oh yeah, I remember only a couple of things about this movie. Um, I, I got to watch it because about a year ago you gave me your digital copy of it. So <laughs> that's what happens when I uh, I, I get uh, 
just keep rebuying these things as I just keep winding up with digital copies of things I already have digital copies of. Double dipping, double J. Yes, exactly. Uh, it doesn't take much to get me to. Like, now they're starting to re release all these movies in 4K. <laughs> like, You're like. <laughs> yeah, so it's like Lion King just came out in 4K, and the like, Little Mermaid's about to come out in 4K, and it's like. <sighs> fine. <laughs> I'm going to buy it, but I'm going to complain about it. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah. Let's uh let's start with the uh with the plot. You want to get uh want to start us off here? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to talk about the opening credits because I actually really like those. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're super cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like how like the little musical notes and like the the black and white. Yeah. yeah it's, it's actually like really cleverly done opening credits. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Before we actually get into the plot, I do want to say that I never read the book that it's based on before. Nor have I. So, but I looked up the book and was sort of thumbing through it, and it's close. It's close enough. Certain things changed, but the heart is all still there. So, are are you are you drinking during the episode? <laughs> no, I don't know. So- what that- I just said, swig a bear for Disney fans. Um, <laughs> all right, so the plot is uh, we have Pongo and his pet, Roger. He, <laughs> he, he refers to Roger as his pet. Yeah. They're both, they're both bachelors. Roger yep. is a songwriter. Uh, Pongo is done with the bachelor life, basically. So uh, Pongo is like looking for ways to get Roger. A lady. Get himself a lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, it's a very interesting um, setup for a movie, for a yeah. Disney cartoon. Yeah. It's like, I, uh, I, gotta get, I gotta get this guy some action so I can too. <laughs> <laughs> and so Pongo's scooping out all these, uh, these women walking their dogs, which all look like them. <laughs> which is like... Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 both like it's both like it's a it's it's the funny visuals, but it's also very problematic because it's the you know it's it's just like scoping out women basically and judging judging them rather harshly. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Paco is a. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Pongo's basically rear windowing here. Yeah. So um, he spots Purdy, who is another Dalmatian. Yep. And her pet, and thinks, oh, she'd be great for Roger. And so he uh, tricks Roger into thinking that it's time for walkies. <laughs> they head to the park, and hilarity and romance ensues. Yep. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, obviously, it all works out. <laughs> yeah, they, it's uh, not, yeah. It's not. It's not called two Dalmatians and nothing comes of it. Yeah, <laughs> two boring old dogs hanging out. <laughs> two uh, boring dogs just chilling. Yeah, no. It um, it, it's a uh, uh, it's it's an interesting like just quick exposition dump at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And so also like what's funny is so we, we kind of flash forward to where Roger and Anita are getting married. And so you see like outside you see Pongo and Perdita like also taking their vows at the same time, right? Yep. But you look inside the church, there's nobody watching Roger and Anita get married. It's just the priests. Like, are the dogs a witness? <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? I, the, the, the rules in this particular movie are um, are, are like because it, it could almost take place in the same universe as like Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of like there's a lot of similarities playing on like it's specially coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, it's the rules just seem to uh, the animals live human lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Separate from the humans, although the humans never see the human lives part of these animals. It's they're 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 oblivious to their dogs taking wedding vows. Yeah, just yeah. outside the window, like what? Yeah, right there, just right there. Right. I, what? Yeah, I I. I tend to know exactly what my dog like I, I see you see your dog out of the corner of your eye all the time like is, is he trying to get up on the what is he doing yeah <laughs> yeah like even like I have a cat and I'm like that like get off of there yeah get off of there it's like yeah you see them having a wedding reception which yeah. is, <laughs> it seems rather noticeable but I guess you're I guess you're preoccupied with your own wedding reception I suppose but at the same time like yeah. You'd think out of the corner of your eye, you'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> Is my dog getting his bachelor's degree? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we go... Uh, I, oh, time jump. I, I, yeah, time jump. Time, time jump. Yeah. And uh, Roger, 15 puppies. Time 15 jump and 15 puppies. puppies later. Almost 14. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Roger uh, uh, turned out to be lucky. Yeah, he, he he basically rolls him like a tamale. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think that like that was the thing to do with the time. Like you're trying to stimulate. It's so small and delicate. You're trying yeah. to stimulate airflow stuff. But um, this is also the introduction of probably the what is you know well i'm not gonna say probably it really is considered the best character of the movie because it's the only character with like character <laughs> yeah and you're um, of course talking about the maid the maid yes yeah, the maid yeah frantically running around the house looking for things to put puppies <laughs> into it's yeah. uh it's it's a delight for the eyes <laughs> uh it's uh I, you can't see like look it's got to come up more than once during this. You can't see a lot of these scenes and not just instantly remember the Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so, uh, it's like this movie and the Simpsons movie are so entwined in the Simpsons movie. The Simpsons episode are so entwined in my mind that I will think that what happened in the Simpsons <laughs> movie happened or Simpsons episode happened in this movie. <laughs> Like the part where Cruella calls all the puppies uh, Rory Calhoun. <laughs> well, I want to put it beyond. I want to be put it beyond this movie to have that be what would actually happen. Like putting the 
puppy in the the make the sock that slides yeah. down the refrigerator. But yeah. Like I, if you were to mention that scene, I probably would have believed you that that was in this movie. <laughs> but, so uh, how do how do Corilla and Anita know each other again? I don't I don't know if I remember schoolmates. They're schoolmates. They seem like they would have been friends. Yeah, it seems like they would be in completely different circles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what her upbringing is, though, I guess. We don't know much about Anita. <laughs> really. Yeah. She's so, kind of just there. Yeah. Like, we know we know Cruella DeVille's thing. Yeah. We know Roger's thing. Um, don't really know her thing. Like, I, if they went to school together, uh, I, like, okay. So in the book, we know Cruella's deal is that she's so obsessed with fur that she marries the guy that's making all the fur coats and stuff. Right. So and so he keeps all the fur at their house, so she has access to it. Ha! Huh. That's so, more macabre than I thought. Yeah, so so you know, the implication being there is that maybe she, she's wealthy now, but wasn't kind of situation. Oh yeah. So so I mean, but they don't have that sort of background for this. She's just the rich snob of town that dresses in fur, and you know how these two know each other is never explained like because they're still schoolmates in the book yeah um, but if you take into account that she married into the first stuff you know maybe she was maybe you know they were in the same social circles growing up and she just happened to connive her way <laughs> to a husband to uh it's actually much more macabre thing yeah uh, because um like the cat it's like she has a cat that ends up helping the puppies at the end and the cat hates her so much because she drowned her babies to make fur, you know, and stuff. Oh so, my god! Yeah, yeah. Oh they my god! They, 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 they tend to dive a little deeper into the um, what it means to skin an animal to make yeah. these fur coats than this movie does. This movie, it's sort of like you know what's happening, but we're not going to say it. Like, you know what's going to You know what's happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but but you're right. Like I felt like even Jasper and Horace have more exposition <laughs> than and like okay, they're gonna go back to jail to get caught again. We get it. Boom. Yeah. So um, so yeah, back to the actual movie where we we are now actually introduced to Cruella Deville. Um, get it because her last name looks like evil. Yeah, Deville. <laughs> Cruel, evil, devil, you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, and Rogers, Rogers writing a song. He figured out a melody, but has no words to go with it until... Yeah, until Corella comes to visit. Smoking her yellow smoked cigarette? Which yep. is Is she smoking meth? <laughs> she certainly has the visual appearance. Boy, with that, does she! With, with that coat off. Yeah. Uh, she certainly looks like... Um, she's being wasted away. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, she comes to visit and wants to buy the entire litter of 15 puppies. 
Um, obviously, that's a no-go. <laughs> yes, uh, Roger puts his foot down yeah. after they're bored. Yeah, he doesn't. Tr- he doesn't trust Coella Deville. Um, Anita yeah, Anita, Anita does because they're friends and just assumes the best, kind of. Like, that's... Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it's like, hey, man, her name's Cruel Ella Devil. Come on. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, also, it's like, yeah, Guy Badman is... <laughs> it's, it's Roger's best friend. Yeah. Um, but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, she, um, she, uh, obviously this, this is unacceptable that she can't have these puppies. So she hires the two, uh, bumbling goobers of Jasper and Horace to, uh, steal the dogs. Yeah, yeah, um, Jasper, like, this is kind of going off track here, but, like, I didn't realize that in the live action movie, uh, House played Jasper. Yep. Yep. It's like, what are you what are you doing in this movie, House? Yeah. 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 It's uh Yeah, he was trying to still find himself as an actor, obviously. I guess. It's like, hey, you're British. But also, I mean, like it would also be hard to turn down a movie where, you know, it's um it's it's a Disney movie based off of a classic uh, yeah. uh, story starring Glenn Close. So you know you, you, you know it's you know it, you, you'd want to. It, it's it's not a bad bet to gamble on. I guess he just really wanted to work with Jeff Daniels. He just absolutely. He's like I, he's like I love your work and I need I need to share the screen with you and really learn something. <laughs> Arachnophobia changed my life. Yeah, certainly did mine. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the puppies get stolen. They're kind of, I mean, generally uneventfully, the puppies get stolen. Yeah, they just get taken. Yeah, there's no. I mean, they're just they're helpless little puppies. It's, you know, it doesn't take much to just throw them in a sack and walk off with them. Like, yeah, they're not going to put up much of a fight, and they don't. They don't make a lot of noticeable sound. So. <laughs> they pretty much wait till uh, Roger need to take Pongo and Purdy for a walk. Yeah. And then they snatch the puppies. Yeah. Um, but then uh, uh, Scotland Yard gets involved and they can't, they can't find them or anything. And then they use the... the, the Twilight Bark. The Twilight Bark to... Yeah, that's an yeah. interesting concept that doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> well, you're talking about like the similarities between this lady and the tramp. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I almost said Twilight Princess. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. our no, Zelda was last week. <laughs> yeah, the last Zelda episode was last week. This is the uh, this is the talking dog cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> Where Roger turned into a wolf and uh, he can, uh, no. But um, but yeah, uh, yeah, they use the twilight, the twilight bark, to uh, <laughs> uh, to get to enlist the help of uh, all the other dogs and, and and one cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually has its own um, 
uh, Wikipedia entry, the Twilight Bark. I noticed. Really? I did, yeah. I did not know that. But it's only like a vague description of um, what it is, and it's just that it's a fake thing created by the author of the book. <laughs> and, what? And I guess there's a sequel to 101 Dalmatians, uh, book-wise. Huh. <laughs> I was going to say, like, why is there a Wikipedia for Twilight Bark? And yeah. then I re- then I realized like two days ago I was reading the Wikipedia of Lex Luger, so it doesn't make any <laughs> so who am I to judge? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. But um but yeah, you get to... so so yeah, you're enlisting the help of the many dogs in the area. <laughs> and a cat. <laughs> which I assume and... is which I assume is uh just the replacement for the cat that is featured in the book, Corolla yeah. Deville's cat, because yeah. Corolla Deville's cat doesn't make an appearance in this particular one. Because I I assume that the uh, writers like we're not having this no. PTSD cat. This is not yeah. going to be the thing that we're going to write into our children's movie. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, like of all the animals, Sergeant Tibbs is maybe the most helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, also, Sergeant Tibbs is such a great name for a cat. For I, it's a, it is a fantastic name for a cat. Yeah, like I, I'm surprised there aren't more Sergeant Tibbses in existence. Like people naming their cats Sergeant Tibbs. Sergeant Tibbs. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, this so uh, the Colonel. Yeah, sheepdog, which yep. is essentially just you know, you're what you expect a sheepdog to look like in a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you got Captain the horse, right? And yes, yeah, and Sergeant Tibbs the cat, and they find the dogs. <laughs> they find the dog. Now, here's this. We're going to come up with this in a few episodes, but like when I when I was trying to remember parts of this movie, I I always would mix them up with Aristocats. Like, is this just Aristocats with dogs? Uh, yes. Yeah. Were there geese? No, that was Aristocats. <laughs> and I know, and I'm going to do the research again, but I know that scenes from this might have been reanimated for Aristocats or something. There's, I'm almost positive that's true. We're getting into the era where um, the movies are going to start featuring uh, reworked scenes. Yeah. It's already happened and we haven't really talked about them because they're sort of uneventful and like, you're just like, eh, it is what it is. Like, you know, right. Fantasia appeared in some of the compilation features from earlier. And stuff, right. But, but, but now we're going to start getting into ones where it's a lot more noticeable. And, oh yeah. Um, we're only a couple of episodes away from, this being a thing, so, um, uh, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, they, um, yeah, they suddenly find the puppies at Corel Deville's just absolutely terrible looking house. <laughs> I mean, it's literally called Hell Hall. Hell Hall, yeah. Oh. Uh, in the, uh, <laughs> in the book, after the day is saved and um, they get all of the puppies and all of that nonsense. Uh, they end up, the family ends up buying Hell Hall uh, because 
through the plot devices, the, the dogs and the cat destroy all of the fur, leaving Crow, the villain, her husband, broke, so they have to sell the house. And so they end up buying the house because they need a bigger house because now they have a hundred dogs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they end up buying Hell Hall. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably more satisfying, but still. Yeah. Eh, eh. I wouldn't want them to. I wouldn't want them to buy this version of Hell Hall. No. <laughs> it's a, It's pretty. It's run down. <laughs> yeah. Like like you feel like you you see Krill on an episode of Hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, you would expect them to like, and next, it's like here is the uh, puppy skinning room, and now yeah. here's the here's the newspaper room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just go like, Corella, do these do these do these beaver pelts bring you joy? <laughs> Not, nah, you need to get rid of them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um. But yeah, but not only do they find their puppies, but they find 84 more donations. That Krill is bought from pet stores. Yeah. Um, because uh, she wants to make a Dalmatian coat, essentially. <laughs> I mean... I mean I, you, if you have 84, that's probably good. Yeah, and there's like... You know, they're puppies, so I guess there's not a whole lot of fur on. But, like, we know how Dalmatians are as puppies. Like, their spots don't really come in fully. (laughs) You have to raise these dogs a little bit. (laughs) Well, to be fair, Cruella doesn't seem like she... She's Cruella DeVille, not Cruella Del Genius. Yeah, she's not playing... Yeah, she's, she's clearly not playing with a full deck. No. And... I, I always think of her driving and just how insane she looks yeah. while she's driving her crazy uh, bootleg Mercedes. <laughs> her her monster mobile, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like something that Rat Fink would drive. Yeah, well, I mean, it's based like it's based on a real Mercedes, but like based on like how Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre is based on a true events. You yeah. know, it's. <laughs> Uh, she has she has the Ed Gein car, yeah. but uh, but yeah, so yeah, the, the, so they they find they they unearth the plot, um, which uh, disappointingly does not feature Mister Burns breaking out into see my vest and to see my vest. Yeah. I really like the vest. I gather <laughs> it that that is. Such a good song. Well, I mean, it, it, if you, it, 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 it feels like it has a place in this movie in its own way. It like, does. Yeah. Because it's even even though the melody is based off "See My Be, Be Our Guest," it's still yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Um, if you know how we rank the episodes or the movies yeah. in order, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and rank the Simpson song. It's a, it's a solid three. <laughs> It's all three. It's the, it's the third best Disney song. <laughs> it's the third best. Yes, the third best Simpsons Disney song. Uh, it's uh, it, it, I mean, what's what, what what's like number one and two? Is it like the? Uh, <laughs> oh, for Di- Simpsons Disney or just Simpsons? Simpsons. <laughs> oh, Simpsons songs. Are you gonna have like uh, 
Oh, oh Monorail's my is number one. Monorail song. And, uh, yeah. Um. Oh, what's the uh, uh, the baseball song at the end of the baseball episode? That'd be number two. <laughs> yep. There we go. So yeah. there you go. There's our official Simpsons song. Right? Yeah. Um. But anyways, back to a, a different cartoon. Yes. <laughs> that we're actually supposed to be talking about. Oh yeah, this thing. Yeah, this thing. Um, uh, so yeah, the word word gets back down through. I'm assuming the Twilight Bark again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Twilight Barkness. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that the puppy's been found and where they're at. So uh, the Dalmatians, uh, it's winter at this point. (laughs) So, you know, now it's treacherous. Now it's, you know. (laughs) Yeah. This this is the point where they cover themselves in soot (laughs) to (laughs) fool Horace and Jasper. We're like, ah, we're looking for like a bunch of dogs. Well, there goes a bunch of dogs, but they're covered in soot. Can't be the ones we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. There's the scene where um, uh, uh, Cruella orders Jasper and Horace to kill the dogs before the cops can get there. Yeah, um, is very similar to the book because pretty much the same thing happens. Right. It's once she once they find out that you know. Oh, like you know, now now the dogs are being looked for. Mm-hmm. I, you know, well, once they're dead, they're dead. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. Hide so, yeah. the evidence. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I do like that. Um, Jasper and Horace just they, they start watching TV, and <laughs> yeah. that's their downfall. Yeah, and they get foiled by Sergeant Tibbs here. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, yeah. They get they get sidetracked by watching TV. Um, uh, they finish their show up. Uh, <laughs> it's just so funny. Like this is the first time like television has played a plot in a Disney movie because at this point yeah. TV is now a thing. <laughs> right, because earlier in the movie you had the, the puppies watching Thunder or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, like a Rin Tin Tin type of show. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah, the day is saved essentially. Yeah, uh, the, the plot is spoiled. The puppies are uh, uh, saved, and the Colonel and Tibbs get the puppies out of the house. Uh, like, <laughs> there's never really much threat that the puppies are ever going to get killed because you recognize Jasper and Horace as just sort of bumbling buffoons. Yeah. And you, and you never feel a threat from them in any way, shape, or form. Like, you know that these dogs are going to outsmart them. Pretty, like, the minute they're introduced, you're like, oh, these, these two guys are going to get outsmarted by a dog. <laughs> yeah. Because, they, because they're Cockney British, so we know that they're dumb. Yeah. And they're not... Oh. Yeah. And they're, the Cockney British is not Dick Van Dyke, so you know that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they get away and then here we so I've told I told you about this about a week or two ago. Yeah. We get the roughest looking animation <laughs> in this movie where Corella uh, so she drives into a ditch because the puppies are getting away on a on the back of a truck. Yeah. 
And the animation in this scene where her trying to get out of that ditch is bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. A lot of this movie is bad. But, like, it's it's hard to say bad in some of the instances for this because it's bad for a Disney perspective. It's it's Disney bad. But, like, even that Cruella scene is sub-Disney bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like in particular, it's like it's standoutish bad. Like the, yeah. the entire movie is is well below right. uh, Disney quality, especially if you base it off of last week's episode that we did of Sleeping Beauty, right. which had these stunning uh, landscape scenes and was in widescreen, and you know, uh, had, you know, the animation was smoother and stuff. Like this one just felt a little more. It was everything was more subdued. Everything felt like it was like watercolors in a way, like children's yeah. book style. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. And uh, then she and uh, she crashes into Jasper and Horace. Yeah, and none yeah. of them die. None of them die. <laughs> none of them die, and... despite like this horrible car accident. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, that's that's like their, that's like their comeuppance, like a car accident. Yeah, like because you never really see like, um, um, I guess, I guess the comeuppance is the fact that he gets a hit radio song about Cruella Deville. I guess in the end, that's the comeuppance, right? <laughs> Roger's <laughs> sweet diss track about Cruella. Yeah, because she never gets arrested or anything. No. Like, never, like she committed a pretty heinous crime, like and a plot, and like she kidnapped you know a bunch of dogs and with full like you know with full intent. Like I'm pretty sure there's conspiracy to to commit harm to an animal or something. That you know what I mean? Like, but, um, you never know. If nothing else, she committed theft. Yeah, take everything else away. Yeah, take everything else. She still stole, and not just a stole fifteen dogs. Like, you know, it's implied that they bought the eighty-four other dogs. Um, but at the end of the day, she still stole these fifteen. Like, you were able to find eighty-four other uh, Dalmatians. I felt like just sit this one out. I'm sure yeah. you'll find more Dalmatians, but you were so so what? dedicated and locked what? in to stealing these 15 dogs to get your 100 dogs, that you, your 99 or he, dogs. Yeah. Or hear me out, breed them. <laughs> Just you make know? your own. They're yeah. dogs. Make your yeah. own. <laughs> Just take one Pongo or take one Lucky and put it in a daycare center with a ditto. Yeah. And then... Uh... <laughs> Then you get a dog egg. You get a dog egg with perfect IVs. <laughs> Boy, this is... I. It, it's just one of those things where some people just think you're absolutely insane hearing this description <laughs> of what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm not going to explain what any of that is, so anyone no. listening to this has to go like, do they think dogs come from eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, in some universe, in some uh, multiverse somewhere, yes, dogs are dogs born of eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
uh, and then you leave them in a box. <laughs> a box, or or you let them go if they don't if their stats aren't high enough. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh... yeah. But um, yeah, they, every they, they adopt all the dogs, so now they have one hundred and one dogs. It's. Roger uh, has to, he he has the money from the song, so he has to buy a farm now. Yeah, yeah, and like so, yeah. The the happy the happy conclusion is now you have one hundred and one dogs and a hit song on the radio. <laughs> this seems like this seems like a hell existence. <laughs> it's like uh... so. I want to tell you. I'm going to admit right now how much of a bonehead I am. Uh oh. Because I'm like, wait, there's 15 puppies. Eight, but they find 84 more. That's only 99 dogs. And I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> Pongo and Purdy are also two they, dogs. They, they also count as Dalmatians. I was <laughs> only counting the puppies. Like, where the hell are the other two dogs coming from? In the book, um, two, four of the dogs are adults because it's two, because the other litter of puppies, like they find a uh, hurt like Dalmatian in the mm-hmm. road, and her um, significant other is missing, as lo- as well as her litter of puppies. And it turns out Corella the Bill has the litter of puppies. So when they, so the three of them, the two adults and the uh, the two adult dogs of the other one that they just found, are with, like you know they get their puppies back, so they get a hundred dogs. And then finally, the um, missing significant other dog shows up, and they end up they end up getting to adopt it. So that's when they get one hundred and one. Okay, so, <laughs> it's like it's a much more elaborate way of what they simplified the one hundred and one aspect in this movie. It's a much more elaborate doodle way of. Uh... <laughs> oh, I now you're fired. Ah, I had a good <laughs> run. Goodbye, folks. You will get your you'll get your final paycheck of zero dollars. <laughs> You're gonna mail it to me. I'm not even getting yeah. a deposit. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you're thirty two cents. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, it's funny because like we're talking about it, you realize like we didn't really talk about a whole lot because the, 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 it's such a bare bones plot. There's not a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah. It, it just kind of, it just kind of happens and it plays out relatively uneventfully. It's not to say it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's just very like, it's, it's a formula yeah. that they used again, not too much later. Yeah. 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 And like, and, and just like how we were talking about with the, um, when we were doing the package features in the forties. Right. You know, this is a movie that had a very specific purpose and it was, Oh man, sleeping beauty was effectively a box box office bomb. We need money. Yeah. (laughs) So that's when you get to this movie, which is, uh, basically it, it didn't take long. This book, was released in 1956, and this movie so, came out in 1961. So now, not a big turnaround. Not a big turnaround. Like Walt Disney read it the year it came out, or like the year after it came out. He liked it, got the rights. They eventually started working on it in relatively short order, 
there was there was very little turnaround. Like I said, from Walt read it in 1957. Movie was made in 1961. That is, uh, you've heard us talk about movies on this before, where like, well, they started working on Sleeping Beauty in 1937 after you know one of the central or stupid things like that. So. You know, this is, you know, just a few years of development and um, and they to- and they scaled back virtually everything in this movie. Um, like the like we were talking about earlier, the animation um, uh, was you know not great, but it was intentional that way. Saved a lot of money by not having these grandiose um, uh, scenes and stuff, and they also started using um, a new process for this particular movie. Um, Xerox, yeah, Xerox. Ub Iwerks is back with the studio at this point, but not as an animator. He was more. He was always interested in like the spe- the process of animation and stuff. Um, and so this was like his deal. Like you know, you can save a lot of time and money by xeroxing the cells essentially and i mean that's um, so you basically by doing that by take by by xeroxing these cells the inking process is pretty much completely done away with <laughs> which i mean i you know again i i think I wouldn't be so critical to animation here yeah. if it, if if we hadn't just bought Sleeping Beauty, and so it's a little more jarring. Like, oh, oh god. Yeah. I, well, and you know they used a little bit of the Xerox stuff in Sleeping Beauty. The um, really the, the Thorn right. Forest in Sleeping Beauty. Uh, okay. Xerox. Okay. Um, but um, uh, I lost track of what I was saying. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, no. So, so, so they had their, their, their so the Xerox stuff eliminates the inking process entirely, and so that saves a lot of like the pencil work that needs to be done on backgrounds, and you know that saves a lot of time. That's why you're able to have such quick turnaround on this movie, right? Because you're copying cells directly without needing to have. Um, so, so you're just animating over just you know copy paper essentially yeah and you know it it doesn't ruin the movie by any stretch of the imagination no it doesn't you feel the you feel the rush to this movie you feel the we need to make a cheap quick buck you know and for better or worse it works out for them um i think it sets a bad precedent uh for the studio which we'll get to obviously very quickly with some of these movies of this sort of, you can get, you can make a lot of money and, and not spend a lot of money. Yeah. Well, um, they cut, they cut corners and it yeah. shows. So, yeah. So, so like you said, you saying like, this is kind of, you know, the, this movie was a, a success. It was, a, yeah, it made them a good chunk of money. It was actually quite success, quite a big and success so, for them. And so it, it's not too dissimilar from like how Dumbo was like, Oh, it made us some money. We're, we can stay afloat for a little longer. Yeah. 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 It's kind of disappointing in a sense where, you know, they use their money from some of these other ones, like the, like their, their cheap buck ones to fund other movies. But like, we're getting to the point now where like, 
they're not really using the money for like a big grand project because I mean like you know we're we're going into Sword of Stone right. and things like that. Winnie the Pooh, which is one of a, a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it's not. It's cheap and it looks cheap. Um, it just has great character design and you know the characters are charming. They all have personality and stuff, which goes a long way. You know, not every character has personality in this in like Hundred and One Dalmatians or something. So the cheapness. And the simplicity of the story sort of work against it in some ways. So I don't know if you know the answer to this, but like, I mean, at this period, like, you know, Disneyland's built. Is Disneyland is Disneyland running at a loss, and they just kind of need to make up money wherever they can, or? Um, no. Okay. No, not just Uh, just cheap for the sake of being cheap. At this at this point in history, cartoons mean. Very little to the studio. Um, Disneyland is Disneyland. It's doing its own thing. Live action movies are where it's all at. Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, Mickey Mouse Club. All this stuff. Like, um, I'm trying to think of what the. I can't remember. Let's see what the. There has to be a way to know. I'm sure if you look at 1961, um, we'll see what the live action. Um, <laughs> big live action movie of 1961 was for Disney or just in general <laughs> for Disney I, or, or at least the 60s uh, because I, sorry this is very <laughs> this is bad uh, this is bad radio it's just simply simply the parent trap uh, <laughs> okay was, yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, Parent Trap, The Absent Minded Professor, Babes in Toyland. You can see where. Yeah. And, and even before this, 1960 was The Swiss Family Robinson, um, Met Pollyanna. Um, you know, you, you're going to have. Throughout the 60s, you're going to have more stuff. You know, you're on just a few years away from Mary Poppins. Right. Um, uh, the Incredible Journey, the original one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that darn cat is 1965. Oh which, right, I remember that movie. Yeah, that darn cat, the original one, not the remake, but the original that darn cat is genuinely was and still is really funny. Uh, I haven't seen that. I don't think I've seen that movie in its entirety. Wow, you got go everyone, watch that darn cat. It's watch great. that darn cat. But uh, the original, not the remake, not the remake, not the. Uh... Who is it? Is who's that one? Um, uh, oh God, what's her name? Christina Ricci. <laughs> Christina Ricci's in that in the remake. Yeah, I, I seem to remember, and I have to look at what year that came out because I vaguely remember for like when I was in school, they had like a day where it was. Go, we go into we got we my school was next to was close to a movie theater so mm-hmm. we all got to go to the movies and we got to choose a movie and ever it was that darn cat and something else and I think it was I got your choice between that darn cat and I feel like it was one of the Star Wars special editions probably Star <laughs> Wars the special and, edition and, and let me guess which one you guys saw oh I absolutely chose Star Wars I did not. No. Oh, okay. So, like, you, you all had a group, I agree as a group. 
No, you, like got, you got your choice. You get to go to Star Wars with that dark cat. And I think the next year was Godzilla and something else. And I wanted to go see Godzilla. So I made the bad choice. The second you time. sure did. Uh, but I made the right choice, at least for me, the first time around. It was, uh, <laughs> say what you want about these special editions. Uh, uh, at least it was Star Wars and not that dark cat. You went to <laughs> you see that, that darn new hope. That darn new hope. That darn Java CG. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God. But uh, does he uh, go back and fix that, please, God? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, the um, there's, there's a whole series. It's so obviously at this point, Walt just he's checked out. He's yeah. he, cartoons, whatever. I think there's only a couple of other projects that he ever has any sort of. And he's, you know, um, he's only a few years away from from passing away. Um, he's he still died. doing wonderful World of Disney, though. Here. Yes, yes. Um, at this point, in 1961, we've only got about um, five years left of Walt Disney. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you know, he's checked out the the. Like when they bring up the Xerox stuff, he's like, "Yeah, whatever, fool around with it all you want." Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's not doing well. Obviously, he's right. going to be focused a lot on the studio. And in a couple of years, you know, there was a whole movie about it not that long ago of Saving Mr. Banks, where he becomes like really focused on Mary Poppins. He becomes right. more. Um, so you know. It, it is what it is with this stuff now. We're going to start getting into movies that are perfect. It's, it's not like the 40s where they're just all bad movies, with the exception of like Dumbo. You know? mm-hmm. like, right. We're, we're going to get into movies that are they're okay. They're not great. Um, some of them are going to be some people's favorites. Um, yeah. Some of them are going to be uh, movies that you forgot about entirely. Some of them are going to be things like next week's movie, where you kind of forgot that, like, oh, that was that's older than I thought. <laughs> like, because yeah. it feels like next week's movie is one of the like the, like their eighties flops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and it, it, it's we're getting into movies that I actually like, despite yeah. the, the rougher animation. So yeah. Um. um. But uh, it's a very interesting um, uh, cast, I guess, for this movie. Because, like, yeah. like you get some, like, weird uh, actors in it. Because, like, um, Rod Taylor is... <laughs> uh, uh, was cast as this, in this. And he's from, like, The Birds. <laughs> Like, he's the voice of Roger. He's the voice of uh, Pope of Pongo. <laughs> oh my God! I didn't know that. Okay, I thought it was who's the voice of Roger? Do we know or? The uh, Roger would be. Uh, IMDb because I forget. Uh, ben Wright. Okay. Who is just? Uh, he's he was. Uh, uh, Air Zeller in the uh, Sound of Music. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, he's in My Fair Lady. 
uh, and lots of, lots of <laughs> Nazi is sort of things. Cause like he was, uh, he was, uh, various Nazi officers on Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> it's his official, uh, you know, he's in, yeah, I'm looking at this thing and boy, he was in just everything, huh? Sound um, of Music, Judgment at Nuremberg, My Fair Lady, The Fortune Cookie. He was in My Three Sons, Hogan's Heroes, Combat, Get Smart, Bonanza, Gunsmoke, The Wild Wild West. <laughs> it's like all the broadcast television shows. Yeah. What What's funny is like, I, so like so Rod Taylor he does this is sixty one right yes this so is before like, he does the birds but this is after he did the time machine after the time machine so, yeah after yeah. the time machine so, so maybe he was a hot commodity at the time I mean I, I mean it would be a situation where the time machine seems like the kind of thing that Disney Studios would have had on their radar yeah very like. Of course, that that seems like the kind of story that they would want to adapt. Like, you know, it's uh, um, but like it's also completely out of like that seems like it would be a Disney produced live action movie at the time. <laughs> if you go back and watch that original one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, our boy Thor Ravenscroft, of course, is in this movie. Yeah, he's in he's in everything, and I love him and. He's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're welcome. You're I welcome. Do not, I do not have. He's. I love. I do not have the voice to be able to pull off a thorough Ravenscroft impersonation. In Nor do I, but I did it anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and and you know I, I like thorough Ravenscroft because uh, he looks like a thorough Ravenscroft. <laughs> and you see pictures that, of him like that's a lot of name for that man. But you look at him like okay. No, oh yeah, you're a thorough Ravenscroft and for those that don't know, Thor Ravenscroft was pretty much deep voice guy in everything. <laughs> like, everything that Disney, or um, so he's Tony the Tiger. Obviously. He's, he's Tony the Tiger. Was. He, he, he passed away in 2005. So we've had, we had Thor's Ravenscroft for a very long time doing his yeah. thing. Uh, he's he, the one that sang the Grinch song. The Grinch song. Um, and if you go to Disneyland, he's absolutely everywhere in Disneyland. Uh, most notably in the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, most notably in the Haunted Mansion. Um, and the, uh, he's in the Tiki Room. Um, oh, he is. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, Country Bear Jamboree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he, I know he appears in the, like, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And so, like, if, you heard, if you've heard anything that's remotely deep voice, uh, up until 2005, then it's, it's Thurl Ravenscroft. <laughs> yes. He's, and, he, uh, Thurl Ravenscroft was the uh, Nolan North of the 1950s and 60s. Oh, yeah. He was in everything that Disney did for the most part. Like, uh, um, oh, let's see. Yeah, he did Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch, which is like probably his most iconic thing. Well, despite- maybe. Oh, maybe, I mean, maybe Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger, yeah. Tony the so, Tiger. But, but Grinch is, is is like one A. Yeah, but like yeah, he's in he's in everything, and so much that we've talked about already, and then some. So you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to see him pop up and just forever, like he's never not working. 
he had like certainly people Google this man, Thurl Ravenscroft. It's it it's not his name's not spelled how you think it would be. It's G H U R L. Yeah, Ravenscroft though it's spelled exactly like yeah. that. And you will see the sweetest mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most it is the most fifties uh, mustache you could possibly imagine. Oh yeah. Uh, it's great. And he was um he is he's he did two iconic ad icons as it was the voice actor for two iconic ad icons. Obviously we said Tony the Tiger. And also in the eighties uh, he or like in in late seventies he was uh, Jeffrey, uh, giraffe from Toys R Us. Really? Yep. Boy, I, I can't imagine that. Come on down. We have yeah. a Super Nintendo plot power set. <laughs> well, luckily at that point it would have only been like an Atari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come with Rob the Robot. <laughs> Him trying to sell you ET at his Atari <laughs> game. <laughs> I you know I used to think Thurl Ravenscroft was the guy who sang the GI Joe theme. Uh, it, can, I mean, obviously it's not, but I you think can, it's you very, can see why I would think that. Yeah, it's very. I'm sure that's very intentionally the point. <laughs> I'm sure they wanted you to think that. Um, I, you know, it's funny. Um, we're talking talking about music and stuff. Um, outside of the Corella Deville song, there's no. nothing in this movie. It's it's just like even like the um, the canine crunchies jingle. <laughs> oh God! I yeah. Um, but there's no it, music. It's, but there's like no like even like the the soundtrack like just the audio mixing and stuff isn't even all that interesting. There's no the score isn't particularly recognizable. Like I couldn't hum a single thing outside of Corella Deville from this movie. <laughs> it, it's kinda of like last week's episode of Sleeping Video, like where you had one song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and it's funny to think about like, you know, we all know Disney as this studio that's consistently put out musicals throughout the years, but like eighty percent of what we've talked about it's yeah. really a musical. It ain't, like yeah. it has a song. They break out the song once at most, twice, but these with a rare exception. Like they don't really become the musical company until like the nineties. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I would, I, I mean, I guess you could say Oliver and Company is close to a musical. I, I put Oliver and Company as a musical. It's got multiple songs in it. So like it's it, much that, more musical. Yeah. But like. But Little like, Mermaid is where it really kicks off. Yeah, yeah, Little Mermaid is like where it's like like every scene is punctuated with a song, and right. they're starting to hire, you know, like people to write the music as opposed to just sort of like James Bond theming it, where it's like <laughs> like let's just get this one person to write one song, and that's the theme for this movie, essentially kind of thing. So. Yeah. We are yeah. we are coming up in, in several episodes. Uh, one of my favorite Disney movies, maybe my favorite, which has several good songs in it, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's a couple that have like, like you know, we're, we'll get to a couple of movies where it's like, boy, there's a lot of music in this, but it's not really like, you know, Jungle Book. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of music in the Jungle Book, but it yes. doesn't feel like a musical. It's not paced like a musical because 
it's like this one where the song plays a part of the storytelling and isn't just exposition. Right. Like, it's just like, he's a songwriter and this is his song he's writing. And like, when you get to things like Bare Necessities in the Jungle Book, it's this, it plays the role of, I live in a footloose, fancy free sort of lifestyle. So it's not, it's not so much like the movie just suddenly broke out in a song. It's just, they're just singing. (laughs) Well, like, and even like Roger has the melody already down. He's needed a word to go with it. So basically it was Paul McCartney and scrambled eggs all over again. (laughs) If you play it backwards, you get a pretty ripping recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Jasper's dead. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, you know, cheap, Walt doesn't care, just copying scenes, rotoscoping scenes, just, you know, it's, it's as, as usual, you know, live action footage was filmed for this, yeah. which is funny to think that effectively they've, like, made two live action versions of this movie. <laughs> Three, because there was a sequel to the other one. Yeah, well, I said this movie, the sequel. Uh, the sequel to the sequel. Semantics. Sequel to the remake. Yeah. Did did they have puppy days for this movie as well? <laughs> I, I, I want to know, <laughs> but probably uh, honestly, you still think they had any excuse? Like, hey, we're doing we're gonna animate animals. Let's yeah. get some of those animals in here. I know. You know what? I know for a fact. I've seen shots of like in that big fancy book that I had, it had an animator sitting down with a Dalmatian in front of him, holding a hat in its mouth as he's drawing the animal holding a hat in its mouth. So it's, it certainly brought in animals to, to yeah. you know, learn that stuff. Um, but, um, but you know, they're not as, they're not, it's not like Bambi where <laughs> yeah. this is, the most important thing in the world, and we have to get this. We have to ant- nail it just perfectly. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, it's easier just to draw from reference. Stuff. Yeah, they did. It's like, it's like we we know what a dog does. Yeah. So, uh, did you ever see this in theaters? I did not. It was uh, it was re released in sixty nine, seventy nine, eighty five, and ninety one. Nope. First time I saw it was on VHS. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if I saw it in theaters, and it's not anything that has that seems like it would have been for me. So I, no. I, I tend to vaguely, re- I tend to vaguely remember like if I did or not, and I, I just don't think I did. If I did, it would have been the 1991 release, I'm sure, because that was the only one I probably would have been alive. That was the only one I would have been alive for. <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the the movies that I remember very specifically seeing in theaters for re-release were Jungle Book and Fantasia. Those are the and two then, for me as well. Yeah. But uh, outside of ones that they've done recently. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so '91 and it was uh, the twenty twentieth highest grossing movie that year in the United States. In nineteen ninety one. In the 1991 release. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty you know impressive what? for a movie that, you know, was, you know, 30 years old at that point. You know, and that makes sense, 91, because I do remember, like, there was a lot of marketing around the movie at that point. Because it's coming out on video the next year. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of, there's, there's half a meal toys and there's, you know, all kinds so, of things. Yeah. The, the home video version of it came out in 1992. 
Um, and then, oh, jeez, uh, it sold 11 million copies. <laughs> Good God. Um, at the time, uh, one of the best-selling uh, videos of all time. Uh, Disney, stuff tends, Disney stuff tends to do that. Um, uh, because of you. Yeah, Four, because of Double you dip and JJ. <laughs> Dub, a double dip is being generous to me. Because <laughs> 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 it's... it's you know, we're in quadruple dips at this point in some instances. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I bought Fantasia. Yeah, then I bought the Fantasia DVD box set that came with the uh, Fantasia 2000 and the uh, and the uh, bonus disc. Yeah, I bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> this one has a deleted scene in it. Yeah. But, um... Uh... I guess... I guess the Laserdisc kept getting delayed, according to Wikipedia, which sounds hilarious. Like For Dalmatians? Yeah. Like, uh. there were, it says, due to technical issues, it was later released on Laserdisc and was delayed numerous times. Oh, oh it was the DVD that was delayed. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Like, that seems absurd, because they just kind of dumped stuff onto uh, Laserdisc. <laughs> Literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, only a handful of things ever got any sort of special digital treatment for Laserdisc. Like, Star Wars was one of them. And Star Wars was one of them. Yeah. I want to say there was, like, a special, maybe, like, Dune or something? Yeah. Well, like, it's, where, it's where a lot of things, like, that's, like, that's, the idea of special features started cropping up with Laserdisc yeah. commentary tracks and stuff. So. Um. But yeah, uh, we just well, it, it it had like its last Blu-ray release was 2015. Um, that that would coincide with when I got the digital copy from you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, it's uh, here we go. It, it, it's been a while. They're about due for another re-release of 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I feel like in the in recent years the live action movies got more traction than the animated one. It was probably because I would say probably because it was a couple of reasons for that. Um, you know, it, it's probably more readily available. I mean, yeah. like it, yeah. it was it was everywhere. You certainly had it growing up, and it was everywhere in your periphery, especially yeah. if you're younger, because. Um, you know, it was the movie that came out when you were younger or right. something. So you're going to have, you know, you're going to have that. You're going to have one where it's like, well, that's the one, that's the version that was out. And, you know, you would go to McDonald's and get the collector's glasses for 101 Dalmatians or Happy Meals or whatever. You know, and it, like, it, it, it was everywhere when that movie was out. It was a big movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is weird to think of because it's not like... Um, 101 Dalmatians has always just sort of like rode this line for Disney where it's a lot of people's favorite or it's the one that nobody ever thinks about. There's sort yeah. of no middle, there's very little middle ground for a lot of people with 101 Dalmatians. Um, and so having that live action remake was a big deal because it's 101 Dalmatians, which was a lot of people's favorite. And, um, you know, it was massive success when it came out. It was a massive success on a lot of its re-releases, like we said, the 1991 reissue was one was in the top 20 highest grossing films of the year. So, 
it was, you know, in 1991 is a perfect time for a lot of my generation to have seen it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, it's, uh, I know, I guess it's that thing, it, it maybe, and I, maybe I'm talking on a term here, but it could be a thing like people will say, oh, that's my favorite Disney movie, but they don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, and, and, you know, chances are the reason why is because when you were very young, it was new and newly available to you. Yeah. Um, because, like, you know, 1991 would have been exactly around the time. No, 1992 when it came out on VHS would have been exactly around the time where, like, I was aware of you could buy movies now. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, and, and they were eas- more easily available. They weren't super, they weren't as expensive as they had been. And VCRs were officially sort of just commonplace in the house at this point. You know, some of some of the earlier stuff, you know, because, you know, late 80s, it wasn't exactly common practice to own a VCR. You were still renting VCRs. And yeah. Stuff, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can could, I could tell you the first time I saw this movie was on VHS at uh, the town I grew up was in Arvin, California. So they had a, a, a movie day and they gave us big grocery bags full of popcorn. We were sitting there watching 101 Dalmatians. When you say grocery bags full of popcorn, you mean just loose popcorn inside a grocery bag, right? Like, Not just like, like giant like, brown paper grocery bags nice. full of popcorn. Like that, like back to the Simpsons. It's like yes. where they couldn't fit them into the seat. So it's Sir, like, but we can't, talk- offer, we can't offer you a garbage bag full of popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much that. Pretty much that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, huge success, both, um, you know, uh, domestically and internationally, because mm-hmm. Disney, Disney is back on track of making the overseas bucks. So, Yay. so that was the most important thing in the world to them was they needed to get those overseas dollars and are finally able to. It was the number one movie of the year in, uh, um, like France or something like that. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to assume it did really well in the UK. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it did. Yeah. It did pretty well. It it, it it came out on Blu-ray in the UK before it came out. Before it came out on Blu-ray in America. By well, a cup. By a couple of years. Well, it's set on. It's set in London, so. It's set in a weird, like, contemporary London. At the time when it came out, yeah. which, is, which is interesting because, like, she's got a car. It's this, I say contemporary, but it's like, because there's TV, she's got a car is not a particularly common thing in a Disney movie of this era. Like, Mr. Toad was like the only other car driver. <laughs> I think you're right, yeah. So, you know, it's contemporary, but it's contemporary by way of the Batman animated series where it feels like. It feels still out of time. Like it's supposed to be modern, but everything still feels like the car doesn't feel like it's a nineteen sixty one Mercedes. It feels like it's a you know nineteen forties. Yeah. Why does why does Batman still have black and white television to watch? Summer Gleason. Yeah, like it, like even like the wardrobe, like like Jasper and Horace's wardrobe. It, they just they seem like, yeah, again, going back, there's basically Cockneys. Yeah. They, like, they, My Fair they, Lady Cockneys. Yeah, they, they, they're 
a step above being chimney sweeps. Yeah. You know, I made the Dick Van Dyke joke earlier, but like, that's how they're dressed. Yeah, they're dressed like Bert from Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, this movie was um, critical success. Mm -hmm. It was the critics absolutely loved it, both then and now. Um, It, you know. I you see some of them and it's like the best Disney movie since Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and you're like oh, slow your roll a little bit here. <laughs> uh, this is this is a great movie, but okay. <laughs> let's, let's 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 table let's think that. Of, let's think about some of the other movies that came out after Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. There's some great great movies that came out. <laughs> um, like. You could at least say, hey, this is the best movie they've had since... Even Cinderella was better than this movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, critics are critics. Um, uh, I, I, I do like... Um, here is the uh, New York Times review. That's really nice. And it says, while the story moves steadily towards a stark, melodramatic chase climax, it remains enclosed in a typical Disney frame of warm family love, human and canine. That's, that's, that's a, that is a very good compressed review of this movie because that's exactly what, yeah, it's, it's moving steadily towards that conclusion to a very melodramatic finish, but Every, but it's just so packed of like your typical Disney work that it, you know, you, you can't help but enjoy yourself watching it. That is a quote that you could piecemeal and put in the back of a VHS box. Yeah, yeah, which I'm, I'm positive it's there. Oh yeah. Um, Roger Ebert gives it three out of four stars. Um, says it is uneven, but still, um. But still fun for first target audience. So that's what. That's fair. What what does your boy Leonard Malton say about it? Let's see if I could find Leonard Malton's. Uh, uh, I can't tell you before I look up Leonard Malton is that Cruella Deville is ranked AFI's 39th best uh, uh, list on the list of heroes and 100 best heroes and villains. So huh, okay, yeah. Let's see. There I get to. Uh, Leonard Malton 101. Let's see if there's any. Uh, come on. Come on, Leonard Malton. Give me some. Give me something. I don't Never want seen the, it. I don't want 100 West Sea films of the 20th century <laughs> by Leonard Malton. Number one, Valley of the Dolls. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Talking about what are you talking about? It does. It does not seem like it's going to be easy to find this. <laughs> well, so he was. Well, so he liked it. Yeah, it seems. It seems in his wheelhouse, based off of everything that I've uh, seen of him in the past. So. There you go. That's 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 your other back of the box blurb. In my wheelhouse, ellipses, ellipses, Leonard Malton. There you go. So now we get to talk about sort of um, the legacy of the franchise. So we always talk about like, you know, was there a uh, was there a sequel? Uh, 
Technically, we're not, yes. We're not we're not counting the remake. I think there was, wasn't there? There absolutely was. There was yeah. uh, there was a sequel in 2003 that was direct video called Patches London Adventure. Um, it's funny because they, <laughs> you know, so to tie it in with the because uh, you can't talk about this movie without talking about the remake. So yes, there right. was a remake of this, and the remake had a sequel, which was 102 Dalmatians. Right, <laughs> but the animated sequel is 101 Dalmatians 2, which seems like 103 Dalmatians? Yeah, like, like it's, it seems so awkward. <laughs> like, 102 is dumb because you have to find an excuse to shove in another dog, but <laughs> it makes it a much, it makes it a much more uh, interesting title uh, naming convention. Yeah. You can't, and then, uh, and then I think the we had the animated series. We had a TV series, um, two <laughs> TV series actually. That's right. Because there was a, there was like a modern day take on 101 Dalmatians that is uh, coming out soon, <laughs> mm. or or just recently came out. I don't know exactly. I know there's like a preview out there that you can call it's a (laughs) uh the uh the the first the series i'm thinking of was like early 90s wasn't it absolutely there was a there was just sort of a a a string of them throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck on the disney channel (laughs) like we're gonna take these these classic disney characters and give them 90s attitude yeah, and it was sort of like a combination where it was like it's both based off of the movie and the live action movie. In yeah, a way. yeah. Like, because it would have been, let's see when this was two seasons. Uh, 1997. Wow, that's much later than I thought. Okay, because I was thinking, it was like, I, when, I, when I looked at it, like, this looks like it's like from 91, 92. How does. Uh, how the hell does this work? I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for 101 Dalmatians, the series. It has at the very bottom of their little like breakdown of like production and who was involved in production, its release, and what channels it was on. Chronology. It was preceded, preceded by uh, Doug and followed by PB&J Otter. Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> in, in terms of production... Doug came first? <laughs> yeah, okay. I get it. And PB and J Otter came, like you don't need to have like it's not like this is part of a franchise. You don't do <laughs> this part of it. Like in, in the beginning there was only Doug and then Pork <laughs> Chop said, Let there be light. Yeah, it's, and thusly emerged one hundred and one puppies. Yeah. <laughs> and but, Skeeter slew Abel. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, you have your um, so yeah you have your live action movie with sequel. Um, uh, sequel came out like four years later, so okay. Um, but uh, there <laughs> there's going to be a uh, another uh, live action. <laughs> hundred one Dalmatians. Is it a, another remake or is a hundred three Dalmatians? It is another remake. It's okay. A, it's a Cruella Deville origin story, <laughs> much like the Maleficent, like when we talked about last week. 
Yeah. And it's like, uh, eh, I don't really know, need to know how the ice cream is made. Just give me the ice cream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Young, young Carillo DeVille, DeVille will be played by Emma Stone. I so, can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Alex Timbers was set to direct it, but they uh, announced that he left uh, doing the movie and is going to be replaced by the director that directed I, Tonya. Okay. So, okay. I, I, I want it to be presented like I, Tonya, where it's still the girl <laughs> telling Just, her story to the camera as yeah. the movie plays out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just this real uh, um, Ferris Bueller style. <laughs> it's the part where uh, a Krill just like takes out uh, Anita's knee. <laughs> um, theme park wise, there is a ride, is there not? I is there? No. I, I thought that, for some reason I thought for some reason I thought there was a Corella like ride, like you we were in her car, maybe. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> I, no, you know what? You, I think you made, up, you made I up think, a ride. <laughs> I made up a ride, which should totally be a thing. But then, at, you know, you're right. I'm thinking of the of the Roger Rabbit ride that terrified my child. So, <laughs> Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, huh? Terrifying. Same thing as same thing as Cruella Deville the ride. But you could think about it, like you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not to say that they don't like like with any Disney property. It's not to say they don't appear at the theme parks, right? But, um, but I uh, for sh- I could have sworn there was a ride, but um. But no, no, there absolutely is not. <laughs> There's absolutely not a ride. Um, uh, what else? Let's see. We've got, we did that. We did the movies. Uh, the TV series. I guess, I guess, yeah, the theme park. I guess video games. Um, we always like to talk about video games. The thing is, 99% of... Uh, these video games are based off the live action movies since the live action movie came out around the time where video games were yeah. everything had a tie in. So in order to make a 101 Dalmatians game, you if you were going to make a 101 Dalmatians movie game, you are going to be basing it off of a movie that is, you know, 40, 50 years old. Well, well, I think isn't isn't the plot of the live action one that Roger's a game developer? Uh, is it? I genuinely don't remember. It's like I'm almost positive that's what his role is. Like because they 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 modernize it. He's a game developer. But uh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, I genuinely don't remember. I remember seeing that movie twenty years ago. Well, let's look it up. See if Nick's not just pulling stuff out of his butt again. Which you know. Which, you know, it's to be expected from you. <laughs> yeah, you monster. All right, let's see here. Is Jeff Daniels a game developer? Yeah, American video game designer Roger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a game designer. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. play as much of a, of, a, of a plot point as him being a songwriter. <laughs> so, no. Um, well, like... The, well, the plot is like he makes a game based off the Dalmatians, uh, yeah, adventure. So you see that at the end of the movie, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, yeah there are several one hundred one Dalmatians quote end quote games, but they're not really games. There's like one of them at best is a game, and the rest are like 
you know, various versions of what is it effectively a print studio, just like, you know, you're buying clip art for, <laughs> but th- there are a couple, uh, there was a Dreamcast game based off of 102 Dalmatians. Um, there's a point and click adventure game based off of the movie. I think the most substantial based off of the actual cartoon is um, Kingdom Hearts has a side mission where you're finding 99 of the um, puppies hidden throughout the world. So throughout the worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like in every level there are Dalmatians hidden that you're supposed to find and rescue. And they were, and- and then we're getting the Arc Systems fighting game coming out soon. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's 101 Dalmatians versus 101 Gokus. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I would totally buy a Arc Systems produce 101 Dalmatians fighting game. <laughs> I'm hungry, mother. I really am. Oh Lord Almighty! We need to wrap this up yeah. now. We're getting punchy, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I mean, let's let's start ranking. That's uh, that seems to be the where we're at for this right let's, now. Let's so, start ranking this bass. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> he is not featured in this movie. Nope. <laughs> Although a ranking bass produced. Uh, uh, 101 Dalmatians, which is all like claymation dogs. <laughs> yeah. It seems like that would be well worth uh, um, my time. <laughs> Hi, Davey. No, no, no. Yeah, there we go. But, yeah. but, but, Hi, Davey, 100 more times. <laughs> oh, gosh. In, in unison. It's like, it's like that, what those, uh, those Star Wars memes were just hello there over and over again. Uh, so, Nick, here's your list. Sure. Better or worse than Dumbo? Uh, worse than Dumbo. How about Fantasia? Worse than Fantasia. Cinderella? Worse than Cinderella. Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Worse than Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Lady and the Tramp? I like it better than Lady Tramp. So you're putting it above Lady and the Tramp and Sleeping Beauty? Yeah. yeah. All right. Insert... 101. All right. So for me, obviously, it's worse than Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Cinderella, yeah. Snow White, worse than Snow White. Worse than, worse than Peter Pan. I like Lady and the Tramp more. Okay. I like Lady and the Tramp more. I like Sleeping Beauty more. Uh, I think I like it more than Pinocchio. Okay. So I am going to put this above Pinocchio for me. So this makes it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on my list. And one, two, three, four, five on your list. Okay. Which is so. odd because I thought I would rank it a lot lower than I did. But when you when, you, <laughs> when I compare them, like, oh, yeah, you know what? I didn't like it better than that movie. Be- between the two dog movies, I think I like Lady and the Tramp more. I mean, that's just, yeah. I don't know. We, we spent a lot of time sort of trashing down on how simple Lady and the Tramp was and how there's not a whole lot going on. There, ostensibly, there's more going on in this movie, but uh, I, just, I just I just like Lady and the Tramp more. I like the way it looks more. 
animation, yeah. Yeah. which goes a long way with me, especially for a Disney cartoon. <laughs> The the real the real conundrum will be when we get to this movie again in a few in a few episodes where just all cats, which I oddly <laughs> which I oddly like more than this movie. <laughs> so there we go, uh, number seventeen on our slow march through all the chronological releases of the Walt Disney Animation Studios uh, films. The Batan, the Batan Disney March. Yeah. Uh, Next week, we will be back with number 18, uh, 1963, Christmas Day, 1963, The Sword in the Stone. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen The Sword in the Stone in a very, very long time. So I'm very excited to watch Sword in the Stone again. I watched it recently. Just so, not for the show, just because I wanted to. Just because yeah. uh, another another Disney British novel adaption. Yeah, <laughs> there's a. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a feeling we've kind of we've kind of teased us diverging a little bit. I have a feeling this will be the be- beginning of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We yeah. shall see. Again, I haven't seen this movie in a very very long time and i'm not going to spoil what my uh memory of this movie being but we'll get to it that's next week that's next week's problem (laughs) but um until then i want to thank you all for joining me on another exciting journey through all of this disney nonsense that we like to talk about so much and i'd like to thank you for joining me as well nick oh you're quite welcome my pleasure um but until next week, and until we start yanking this, store, this sword from a big old rock, I want to wish you all a magical day. Bye. <laughs>